How he did that, I don't know. But all your dogs returning from distances are based on this story right here. They even made a movie about it. A silent movie in the 1920s and 1927. That's a mystery as far as I'm concerned. How in the world did that happen? It's a mystery. Mystery as we use it. I mean, it's more in line with stories like Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, you know, I mean, the deeper and the more penetrating the mystery is, you know, the more uh, we revel in it. We all like a good mystery, whether it's in uh, a dog returning back over 3,000 miles or Sherlock Holmes, either one. A mystery is something that is difficult or impossible to understand or explain. I mean, that's how we use the phrase, the word. That's, that's the way we understand it. That is not the way the New Testament uses the word mystery. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 51 through 58, and we're going to see right before our eyes one of the most profound mysteries Ever revealed. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall it come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Biblically speaking, a mystery is not something that is difficult or impossible to explain, although it can be. What in the New Testament refers to a mystery is a truth that has not been previously revealed by God, but is now. Beginning in verse 51, I mean, Paul reveals this tremendous mystery to us. There are numerous mysteries in the New Testament, which we'll go over uh, some other time. But our text begins with behold in verse 51. And behold here is emphatic. It demands our attention. Uh, One deployment I was on, I was visiting with the security forces. They're the people who take care of the perimeter. And we were chatting when a working uh, dog sniffing for explosive uh, alerted on a vehicle. And the handler in a calm but firm voice said, get behind the berm. Uh, He didn't have to say anything twice. My attention was absolutely riveted. That is exactly what Paul wants to do to you. That's the word here. Behold, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, 
I mean, this mystery is unfolding right before our eyes. There will be believers. This is the mystery that is now revealed. There will be believers who are alive and well at the return of Jesus Christ and will be transformed. They will not suffer physical death. And this behold here that he gives, it's an imperative. This isn't a polite command. He's saying, listen to this. You have to hear this. We shall not all sleep. Not only that, but the Apostle Paul uh, included himself among those facing the possibility of being transformed while living. As I mentioned last week, there is nothing that on the prophetic clock There are no events, there are no prophecies, there's nothing that stands between us and our Lord's return, save the clock that's in the mind of our Lord God, and He is the only one who knows. Now, when Paul wrote, we shall not all sleep, he was referring to physical death. There are those in the church from years past and even present who believe that he's talking about soul sleep. Not, he's not talking about sleeping. He's, this is a metaphor for death. Anyone who uh, cares to uh, hold to the notion of soul sleep, uh, they just need to go to Philippians 1.23, where we find out there's only two places you can be. You're either here in the flesh as a believer, or you're with the Lord. You're not snoozing in between. Now, the second thing that Paul says here is that they're living. They're going to go to heaven, right? They're going to be with Jesus Christ. The problem that we have that he has to deal with is that flesh and blood cannot enter into heaven. They have to be transformed in some way. So his answer is we shall all be changed. So whether dead Or alive, a transformation must occur. And then there's a third thing, the speed of this thing, which is absolutely an amazing thing when you look into it uh, in the language. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So Paul reveals that this experience uh, where uh, the believers are not going to face physical death or in some kind of intermediate state, but in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, At the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now, this word in a moment is where we get our word atom from. Now, an atom, don't think that the Greeks thought that the atom was the smallest indivisible unit of matter. Atom was a philosophical concept. Adam meant that which cannot be divided any further. The notion that Paul is saying here is that you're looking at the absolute smallest tick of the clock that is possible. It's indivisible. You cannot make it any smaller. That's exactly what Paul was talking about. It will happen quickly. And then he doubles down. And I love the way we translate this, the twinkling of an eye. And when I think of a twinkling of an eye, I think of a light that's, you know, that just comes off of someone's eye. So uh, how fast is the speed 